Hello and welcome to Art Is What I'm Doing. I'm your host, Johnny Feely. And you're here sitting by the marsh with me, listening to some peepers. And it's an appropriate setting because my guest for episode three is Eli Benjamin Smith. For me, he was an introduction to this land that I love, Vermont. And he has taught me a lot about the intersection of art and nature. Eli's artwork incorporates natural elements, landscapes. Even in his pottery, they make their way and show up. And I would describe his artwork as dark and deep, but also radiant and glowing. I really love this guy. He's one of my best friends, and I'm grateful he gave me his time, some of his wisdom. We spend a lot of time reflecting on the dichotomy of craft and fine art, where one begins and leads into the other. And I learned a lot just hearing from him. Um, so thanks for tuning into this one. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Art Is What I'm Doing, Om Namo Narayan. The arts is where you and I have a deep connection and love. The time we spent together in life was often centered around like kind of absurd art experiences here and there, like getting canvases and making really bizarre things happen to them together. Um, where we diverge is you make a lot of things that are also practical. Can you distinguish yourself as a craftsman versus an artist? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess it would be smart just in case there's anybody that's listening that doesn't know me personally. Um, I, I did study painting and ceramics in college and I did a lot of printmaking and um, I grew up as a carpenter. Um, and so I think all of those mediums have really cemented themselves in my mind with um, varying yeah, I mean, there's a sliding scale of craft and fine art within all of those, right? And um, I, <clears throat> I think when I was young, I or younger, I uh, I really rebelled against the word craft because I saw it as lower and um, utilitarian and. Um, shoddy i guess you know like i i just thought it was like just it was something that i was less interested in at the time and as i've gotten older i've grown to realize that craft has a lot to do with uh, respect for a medium and um i think it shows a lot of intention um behind the craftsperson um, to obtain a, 
a certain level of uh, proficiency, I guess, in the medium that they're using. And I, so as I've gotten older, I've grown more to love the word craft and um, I've started to shift away from fine art more. Do you associate um, it with discipline more? You know, discipline isn't really a word that resonates with me at all. Um, because I like, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I live my life with any actual kind of discipline. I'm a very um, uh, inspiration driven person and uh, kind of a go where the wind takes me type of person and yeah that's where i find you very interesting because there is that right because there is craft and and i'm saying it in the loaded beautiful way you are finding it not in the like go to the craft store you know way well i also just want to clarify i don't think that 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 lower definition that I embodied originally is fair at all. I think that that is a, a really disrespectful mentality toward that word. And I've come to that realization late in my life. So with that, uh, I'll let you continue. Sorry to derail you. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's fair, but I guess I just like, a little bit of like the caveat of why I would still separate maybe two ways to look at that word is because I think there is a distinction between craft work and like buying sequence and gluing them to um, a, maybe not, <laughs> I don't know, but like doing something that maybe is like uh, contributing to a lot more plastic floating around the world. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there are things where yeah. like, that, that is like, I, not to say something like higher or lower. And I, I know that's what I'm doing by saying that, but there, there's like definitely a difference between engaging in a craft and making something from nothing, you know, from like raw materials and the craft is the action that leads it to be this practical thing versus like buying craft materials and like doing craft projects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, well, I, I think the word craft has been demeaned by Hobby Lobby and I will happily trash them. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I think, I think that word has been done dirty. Um, and I, I, because of that, I, I think I would distinguish the like, gluing cotton balls onto a popsicle stick craft i would distinguish that from crafts personship you know like yep. it like i think that that's more um that's the kind that's that's what i'm referencing when i'm using the word craft it's like i think i think crafts personship is very um there's a lot of honesty in it and there's a lot of, uh, and to come back to what your what word you were using before, there's a lot of discipline in it. 
Um, it takes hours and hours and years of, of continuous work to know how to manipulate a medium just right to get the desired effect that you're going for. Yeah. And, um, I think I honestly, I think that that's a term that isn't utilized enough in the art world. Um, I think that there is too much of a distinction put between the word craft and, uh, and art. I think painting has an absurd amount of craft involved with it. And a lot of the conversations that I had around art in my younger years were kind of trashing on craft and really focusing on art. And I think that sells, it sells one side of the coin short when both sides are necessary to make the coin. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I wonder, so I've had a lot of, I'm really happy this is where this conversation went so quickly. Um, and in my life personally, you are this, uh, you know, whether it's appropriate or not, you are an incarnation of like what Vermont meant to me when I, uh, I think you were the first person I came to Vermont with and uh, a reason why I love it here. Um, and it took me really long, like literally this year to start having an understanding of like, what is it about this culture that, and I don't know if you grew up in this because Canaan's kind of a different place. Uh, it, but um, I'm sure the spirit of this reached you in some way that being around here and spending time with artists around here. Um, I've like changed my mind from the word that I, what I use when I think of craft from being using a word like discipline, like, Craft in a good way to me before I started reflecting on this was how much can somebody diminish their margin of error to create a very optimal thing that is useful. And with that comes a beautiful respect for resources and an incredible inner practice that is valuable. So I, I have... I really enjoy that. But what I've learned here and what I've found some vocabulary for this year is that there's something different happening here and I see it in you. And it's not just how much can I diminish the margin of error every time I approach this thing, but how beautiful can I make it, but still have it not compromise the utility of the object. And Does that's, that that's, that's where... I, I use the term honesty a lot more broadly than most people do. And I think that that's what, that's, that's an essence of what I'm getting at with that work is like utilize, you, you need to know how to use the right object to get the right meaning across. And um, I think that that's kind of what you're driving at, right? To me, what I see in your work and craftsmanship and like, I might not, I don't know if it re continues to resonate with you when I say this, but um, I never quite understood or had respect for like the way that someone like you 
like how deeply respectful it is to this earth and this environment to embed your meaning in something that is also useful. And I'm saying that from the perspective of somebody who has made a ton of stuff that like, we couldn't be more different in this way. The things I make are beautiful, but intangible like music. But if they're tangible, they're usually completely useless other than (laughs) the meaning behind them. And that Uh is, you know, a difference uh, and something that I, I've changed. I've really not wanted to do that. I, I don't buy campuses anymore. And that's something the land here has done to me, at least. Yeah, I, I mean, coming back to your whole, uh, your spiel about, about Vermont really embodying a high, high craft mentality. I think that that's so, I mean, there, you see that everywhere, you know, it's like the, whether it's the food that you're eating, um, whether it's the, the way that people log, whether it's the way that, that, um, that, uh, people build houses, like, it's just, there are, there are so many different, um, I, I, there's a slower pace, you know, like people are, are willing to slow down enough in Vermont, uh, to, to focus on that a little bit more than most places. And, yeah. um, I mean, especially I, I, that it's not surprising to hear you say that coming from Long Island. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole different world. It's not the land of strip malls and immediate gratification. It's it's the land of work for your entertainment. It's the land of uh, go out and make it yourself. Uh, it's the land of you're, you don't have a Walmart within 15 minutes. So go make something for yourself. Yeah, and do a really good job, you know, and, and yeah. impress one another. Well, the longer... The, the longer that you have to do it yourself, the the better you get at it. And yeah. you you be, everybody becomes a handy person because everybody has to. What did going to art school do for you? Uh, if you didn't go to art school, uh, would what would be different for you as an artist oh man well i i mean as shallow as this is i probably wouldn't think of myself as an artist at this point if i didn't go to art school um yeah. i've always been really insecure about that word um yeah and it did take me a long time to um to feel like i could use that word about myself um and i think that little piece of paper is something that helped me uh get comfortable with it i don't know i don't think that that's fair um but it was my yeah it was your personal journey yeah yeah and and also one where you you 
you know, it's, it's a whole other thing to get into, but like you grew up, you grew up knowing in your lineage and your expansive family that there were artists yeah. and there were people who were, and maybe weren't. Uh-huh. And that, that would really influence what you're describing. I imagine. Oh, so much, dude. I mean, honestly, some of my family are the most talented people that I know to this day. Um, and it's, it's disgusting. It's, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it really, it grosses me out how talented a lot of my, my family is. I'm so, so fortunate, um, for that. Um, yeah. And in very different ways, not like, Oh, we all just all, doing totally, totally but all within the same world, you know, it's like a lot and the majority of them all work with wood, you know? And, yeah. So it's like this interesting through line that actually drove a lot of my my conceptual art through college. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I, I think that having family members that are artists gave me a respect for that word that made me very uncomfortable to use it for quite a long time yeah that that makes sense i i yeah. mean to like to give the opposite once again like continuing to be these like funny opposing things it's like nobody in my whole family and lineage said I, they were an artist so i got to be the first one to be like i'm that because of uh-huh. these reasons and it's like cool you know <laughs> well, so there was, i mean you did teach yourself how to sing opera in your closet so there is that as well so yeah, i think totally. you deserve it <laughs> totally yeah well and my mom my mom is an artist but definitely didn't call herself one through my uh-huh. life and i get to discover that now you know um uh-huh. but yeah it's not it's not like a it's not a family of there's no grandparents making some claim to have done anything in the arts, you know? Uh, right. We all talk about this one uncle that maybe was like a dancer and moved to Mexico. Like, and it's just sort of like, oh, you know, wow. there's just like some enigma out there like that, but it's like such a whisper. And so uh, that open plane can kind of <laughs> like make room for a lot of non self judgment when it comes to creating yourself, you know, like, well, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty jealous. Like that's, that, I, know, like, I, I, I was, I, I mean, I've always been a pretty insecure person. Um, and uh, like, um, I but have this a lot play of self doubt sure. and yeah, totally. And, and um, I, I'm envious that you were able to approach that title with so little, um, so unencumbered, you know, like you totally, just didn't, yeah. you didn't have any, there was no weight behind it. And I think that's great too. I do too. Yeah. But I, until this, you know, kind of, uh, trade of experiences that we're sharing, like I definitely, uh, you know, as I got to know your family, uh, at the age I did, I, I definitely thought to myself, boy, this would have been real nice to be around people like who have some thoughts about these things, you know, like, uh, uh, or like some creative tendencies. Um, but then I don't think about how challenging that would be to be like, oh, these are big shoes to fill. And, oh, you know, can I really show this 
direction I'm going in because, you know, maybe it's not cool versus the freedom to be like, hey, I'm doing, you know, I bought some clay. I'm making faces. And everybody's like, you you did? Wow, making faces, huh? That's incredible. Uh, you know, yeah. like from the get-go. Yeah. can't believe you went out and bought clay. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's way different. Well, honestly, my earliest artistic memory. So actually, I just told my dad about this. Um, he came out to Montana and we spent a week. Well, actually, it was almost a week and a half. Um out in the woods skiing and, and uh, uh, he came and we spent a whole lot of nights crying and reminiscing together. And it was, wow. it was so much fun. And yeah. I got to, I got to tell him my, uh, my first artistic memory um, was sitting on the pitcher's mound in Canaan, Vermont. Yeah. And I uh, had my sketchbook with me while my brother was playing soccer. I was too young to play soccer at that point. Um, and I was in like first or second grade, probably second grade at that point. And um, I was drawing, I was just obsessively drawing these portraits all from side angle and um they were all like these rectangular heads with a triangular nose and the eyes were plastered on the side of the face as if they were front on. And they were all like very <laughs> weird cubist, like very out there, not representational drawings at all, but I was a second grader and freaking <laughs> loving it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I finished one up of my dad, what I thought he would have looked like in high school. And um, it had a bright red headband on and I ran up to him and showed him. And he was like, oh, this is so cool. And then he gave me a critique. He gave me my first critique. And uh... yeah, he like, he taught me to like look at the world and to to represent what you're seeing so he was actually the first person to tell me that actually your head doesn't just flatten off at the top and turn 90 degrees and go straight down it's a gradual curve from your forehead all the way across the back and so he got me off of that style and got me focusing more on representation and uh and realism and so that, wow. that was a wait do you have access to that memories. did you have access to that memory prior to telling him or did it occur to you oh yeah oh, oh no that's, that's oh. one of my uh one of my longest memories a core memory <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah a formative one you know definitely yeah. Yeah. wow yeah that's really yeah um wait are, are you saying that it doesn't have to be either way, but are you saying you wish he didn't? No, not. Well, I mean, I've never really considered that. Um, that wasn't the point of this at all. Okay. No, 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 not at all. No, the point was just to say that I think it's really special that uh, my yeah. dad, first of all, encouraged it when I was a young, young guy. And, totally. Um, and also found a way to effectively give feedback 
to a young person like that who is such a sensitive person. Oh, cool. Think, yeah. Like, uh, that's and, a big and, deal. Yeah. You know, you have a big, you had a big smile on your face when you were sharing that, but I was like unsure if you were saying like he was the first person to, to get me off of like this really pure thing I was doing, you know, which would. No. I, no, oh, that's no, no. amazing. Because yeah. it was like uh, everything I was doing was purely instinctive, you know, like and none of it totally. had any actual forethought or any any real conceptual backing behind it. It was just me trying to draw interesting looking faces. It's and, interesting. Yeah. Well, like, you know, it's funny because like you grow up in you're playing a lot of sports uh, like at that age when you're like a boy in our generation, like that's what, what's happening. And I, I, I maybe just can't access earlier artistic memories, but the one that comes to mind often when I think about a transition is on a football field. And what? I, I was in eighth grade on a football field and I was like, completely obsessed with I figured out stop motion uh, <laughs> like on my own that's as Johnny as it gets <laughs> I, so I had to play and I had this little handheld camcorder that had tape in it and I would hit the button really quick and then stop it and I'd make a frame and I made a couple of them and I was so obsessed with it. And uh, it was the first time I was in like the football practice. And I was like, I couldn't imagine, like, <laughs> I'd never want to be here again. Like, I really just want to be there doing that, you know? There's just a common thread, especially lately, of landscapes. And I want to know if you have anything you could share about, uh, you know, where, where's that coming from to be so, uh, I mean, that's been coming out for a long time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it might yeah, be sad. I don't. Like, is I, there anything? that you've muddled over in in this way of like, uh, why is that returning so often? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I um, yes. <laughs> to put it simply. Yes. <laughs> that is a, that is a question I've asked myself a lot of times. And, um, I find that a lot of the time I can't really know, why an inspiration is coming until after it's gone. Um, and I don't really have an, I don't have a, a satisfying answer for myself um, for that question yet. Um, well, but, you're still doing it. <laughs> so oh, it's, not, yeah. it's not even like we're yeah. looking back and saying like, Hey, you went through this really long period of trying kind of like, a certain landscape over and over. And you actually moved to that landscape. I think you were drawing that landscape right. before you moved to it, which is super interesting. Well, a lot of that was, uh, I mean, a, a lot of the inspiration, well, first of all, the the initial inspiration came from um, Chinese ink, ink uh, paintings. Um, it, it all came from 
um, an art history anthropology class that I took on, on um, China and college. And it, it just completely changed how I looked at art um, because I, I spent um, my high school years uh, just obsessively drawing portraits and really focusing on um, human representation and um, and I loved it. I had so much fun with it. It was like a great puzzle to solve. And I, uh, and then I hit college and started taking more art, art history courses and anthropology courses and philosophy courses. And it, it just, it started to change where my focus landed like I, I i found that i was less interested in um what the human expression literally expression was and more interested in um i i became more interested in a, a figurative expression of um human thought processes yeah and um i found that the ancient chinese uh, ink ink paintings were all uh were thought maps they were like there were maps for you to wander through with your eyes and it was a it it, it was a literal map of the thoughts uh, and meditations of the painter as they were painting the on on their rice paper and and i just fell in love with that idea and it it got me to think more conceptually instead of literally and um and wow. it, yeah it just it it got me paying more attention to the world around me yeah and it, it to come back like, to what you're yeah it also led you into more adventure also in a right. physical you know right. that's yeah that's what i was just going to get to um so the the um so my best friend becky and i took a bus trip out to see our buddy spencer in san francisco and we we took a greyhound all the way across the country and the state that blew me away the most was wyoming we we uh we didn't quite get up to montana so i didn't didn't see that until i moved here but um but the rock formations just seemed completely otherworldly to me when we when we took that bus trip and they absolutely cemented themselves in my mind and i i couldn't stop drawing them and wow. yeah really ever since then i've just been kind of looking for them again and so i've been drawing them and i, I moved here because of them and you've been skiing them, so you've been drawing. <laughs> yeah. You've been drawing on them, you know, right. in the snow. Right. And yeah, that's pretty crazy. 
Oh, you know, <laughs> just to derail. We were going to talk about that word, were we? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my parents gave me your mug with your handprint on it. Oh, shut huh. up. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Because uh, they bought that. I mean, they've, they've bought a couple of your pieces and gifted them to Courtney and I, which is a really beautiful gesture to get like a gift of somebody else's, you know, like this. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, I'm sitting on a lot of Eli treasure at this point. I've got your cookie jar, uh, the mugs you gave me and Courtney, which I still drink out of all the time. And then that hand mug, but that was one that was such a zigzag, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I kind of really, I really enjoy it. Cause I'm like, yeah, this, uh, this one's really, it's really different from a lot of these things that are the Eli pieces, you know? Yeah. So that was actually one of the last pieces that I made in, uh, when I was living in Pittsburgh in, in New Hampshire. Um, I had my, my personal studio set up there and that was actually, that was kind of a diverging piece that, that sent me in a, in a new direction for when I came out to Montana Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one, that one inspired a, a whole new line of, of, uh, mugs that I made out here that, um, that I really loved the feel of. I don't have any of them now. Cool. Of course, I must have missed but, that. Yeah. If they were in that vein, I'd probably missed the other renditions. Well, I didn't continue the, I just called them the diner mugs. Um, there were, they weren't, it wasn't about the handprint as much, but it was just about the feel of the mug and yeah. how simplistic it was. And there's something about that mug that's just very, I don't know. It's, it's grounded. It's, it's very, I don't know. It, yeah. Don't, it's also delicate too. Uh, yeah. So it's both, it's really, and it kind of becomes more uh, like it, it becomes more fragile as it goes up. And uh-huh. so you kind of have this like gentle respect for this thing, but then you put it down and you're like, Oh, that thing's dirty as hell, you know? And it's like a really interesting thing, you know? Um, yeah. I almost don't know what to do with it. Like, cause I, your, the white mugs you gave me are firm and they could get dropped and they'd be fine probably, but that one, not so much but it still leads you to believe it's that firm, you know? And yeah, it's a cool feeling. Uh, it, it definitely lends itself to be quite respected, you know? <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what I want to go for with pretty much all of my pottery is like, I want this like ultra, like this is where, I mean, this ties into my whole carpentry uh, side of me is like, I want it to feel architecturally strong and I want yeah. it to, I want it to look like it would, it couldn't be blown over in a hurricane, but I want you to pick it up and be surprised by it and have refined details on it that you wouldn't expect. And I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a little blowhardy now, but uh, no, I, no, I'm, I love that. I, I love that you, uh, because, that you picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but what I, yeah, no, it's, it's so cool to share and, and to hear the reflection back like that. Cause I think it is such an embodiment of, uh, maybe it's a testament to being architectural, architecturally sound, but sensitive at the same time as a human being like that, uh, 
that could be true for you. So you've got Starry Night, American Gothic, and the Mona Lisa. Okay. They're getting turned into ice cream flavors. Ice cream flavors. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, you're, you're touching on my heartstrings. Which, uh, which painting would translate to the best ice cream flavor? What would it be like? Oh, I mean, Starry Night for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of obvious, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's easy peasy. Like, the that's spirit freaking... of the question is great, but I need to tweak it a little bit for it to be better. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, don't you know, tweak let's it. Just, I love that, how easy that was. <laughs> Let's just reflect on what it would taste like. <laughs> Dude, as soon as you as soon as you asked that question, I got like um uh black raspberry flavored bubble gum and yeah. um and like lime lime cotton candy. Wow, that's exactly yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of feel the same way, but it's funny that the bubblegum really reached me as well. Uh, but that doesn't make that much sense for the blue and yellow. But, uh, Wait, why not? Because you got the, like, the, the deep, deep blue is the black raspberry, purpley blue night sky. And then there are all these whipping colors uh, w- running through the sky, and they're that bright yellow. And, well, I said lime, but I think lemon is probably more. Yeah, but I agree with everything you said. It's it's very obvious what it tastes like. Um, yeah, you know, and maybe what I'm getting at is uh, maybe it's time to make an ice cream brand where they're the flavors of paintings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to that idea. I think the great. worst flavor would be American Gothic. <laughs> Although Mona Lisa is right up there too, like those two, I think yeah, Mona Lisa is like mock I think it would balls, taste... mock balls, and uh, and, like, and yeah, no, 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 like uh, lint that you find in the corner of your living room. Yeah, it wouldn't taste good at all. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and American Gothic would just taste like potatoes. <laughs> this was a really obvious question Uh, yeah I've definitely done unhealthy things with ice cream around you Uh, you oh man I'm likewise how many you can throw something out there if you want well you asked me you asked me what I learned from art school and um, I, I went off on a bunch of bullshit about being an artist (laughs) um what i what the thing that i learned from art school is something that i talk about at work the most every pretty much every day it's like it it taught me how to problem solve like um there's the the, i think the thing that uh, art schools focus on the most without ever actually talking about it is um, like, uh, it, like we all work within a set of aesthetic rules, and those rules show intention. And if you break those rules, there's 
a discordance that anybody can pick up on. And that is something that translates directly to pretty much any and all labor work, uh, particularly fine, fine labor work. And that's something that I utilize at work literally every day. It's like, if I'm, if I walk into a house that I'm just starting to work on, then I'll look around me. I'll look at all of the windows and see, pick up on little patterns of what's going on, pick up on what's going on around each of the doors and make sure that I'm working within that language. The more we can put out this vulnerable and personal and honest stuff, I think the the better off we are. Yeah, likewise. I love you, buddy. I love you too, man. Give my best to Courtney and Lumi, okay? I definitely will. And your parents. Yeah, I will. I will. Great. Talk to you later. All right. Love you, bud. Love you. Bye.